Parents Pod. Welcome to Pet Parents Pod, the podcast for and by pet parents. I'm Danielle. I'm Heath. I'm Kip. And today we have a very special episode. We're talking um, about street cats, feral cats, yep. wild cats, yep. bobcats, cool cats, jazzy cats. Um, do you know what another? Do you know what another name for uh, what? I guess what's uh, more correct for it? Uh, do you know what an umbrella term is for feral cats? Is other than cats? Yeah. Invasive species? Oh, that is actually, yes, one thing. Um, no, uh, Just regular cats that just seem to exist? Uh, they're uh, under the uh, umbrella term of community cats. So it's... Uh, a parliament of owls well, just along right next to them. Well, community cats are, a, are feral cats, mm-hmm. stray cats, and indoor-outdoor cats. Yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. He's a community cat. Or as we call him now, Boyd. Boyd? <laughs> full, his name has come full circle. Oh, wow. Yep. Okay. So he's a community cat. He's a community cat. I wonder what, what uh, role he serves in the community. <laughs> Probably thug. Probably annoying old man. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, so we discussed it in the domestication of cats episode, but, um... Cats have lived outside longer than they lived inside, mainly because we couldn't maintain having them inside because we didn't have litter, we didn't have food sources, and they were used as working animals. Like barn cats are considered different than feral cats, even though they might they predominantly live outside, just because they're more like they still get taken care of by a specific owner and they have like a territory and they have a, they just also have a job. They just have a job and they don't get fed as much because they hunt their food. Part of it is hunting the, the the mice that are eating the grain. Yes. So we're not going to talk about barn cats, but I am tossing that out there as this is a type of outdoor cat. That's for a particular reason. It's similar to the origins of how cats befriended us. Right. Um, so, the ability to start having indoor cats started in the 50s, like we talked about. Um, box. Yep. Mandatory for indoor cat yes. situations. They're going to go somewhere. And having access to the ability to very easily neuter and spay your cats mm-hmm. and feed them because you need that cat food. Yep. Um, otherwise, you're like, go hunt your prey, Fifi. Fifi, yep. Fifi, my my purebred Himalayan cat who needs to go out. <laughs> um, so you we go outside. You will get twigs in your fur. That's why they come back to get brushed every night. No. Fifi, the rough, the rough and tumble. She's called a fist outside. Fifi, the fist. Yeah. <laughs> no, but um, we've only been having purely indoor cats for about like seventy-two years. Like the ability to have inside cats right and also in the 50s when all that stuff rolled out i'm sure it, like 100 percent of cats didn't turn into indoor only pet pet pets well, especially if they were already like outdoor or indoor outdoor cats well yeah. i guess outdoor cats yeah cats so, that usually know how to hang outdoors don't usually want to just immediately become indoor cats it's usually yeah. not enough for them they know there's an outside world and they like it yeah mm-hmm Mm, um, that's why we need to brainwash them to let them never know what the true world is like. Outside. It is dangerous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So for like a long period and like I think now more there's a higher percentage of indoor versus indoor only cats versus outdoor cats. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But this is actually like if you think about a very recent concept, like it makes more sense to me why like my grandmother, all her cats were indoor outdoor cats because she lived down in the middle of the country. Right. And I always thought like, well, that's really dangerous. And I'm like, well. She doesn't live in an apartment. She stays in the same place. She doesn't move every couple of years. She so. was alive in the 50s. Yeah, yeah, she was alive in the 50s. Yeah. Also, and just so people know, I, I do support indoor cats. I'm not trying to say that I don't with the whole brainwashing cats comment, but I do. Yeah. Because it's kind of a twofold thing. It's like not only are you protecting the cat, but you're also protecting the local wildlife from your from your dangerous murder machine. Yes, and I'll get into <laughs> the numbers of the amount of animals uh cats murder because they murder a lot. A lot of it's for fun. Yeah, cats are kind of dicks. They they're, like murder. They're apex predators. They are, and they're like, I will do this for joy. Mm-hmm. And I'll bring it to my owner to show how much I love them. Here's a gift. I know you suck at hunting. Here you go. Uh, one day you'll learn if I keep giving you things. I keep giving you food. The second day we moved into our log cabin, Boyd brought the biggest field mouse into the house. I thought it was a full, like, just a full-blown rat. Oh, wow. But it clearly wasn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a physical difference between field rats. mice and rats. Yeah. Um in the face and body structure. Anyway, this is a big-ass field mouse, and uh, we had to deal with that. And it uh, just goes to show how much Boyd loves us. Was it actually deceased? It was deceased. Okay. Did what, Does Boyd, like, eat the heads or guts or something particular? Because one yeah. of my grandmother's cat used to always eat the heads and bring the rest back. Um, Boyd is actually very generous. He usually brings the whole thing. Oh, how kind of him. Uh, except for sometimes it's like trailing intestines. Yeah. You know? Um, he will sometimes like bring it and then eat it in front of us and then leave us the rest. Oh, that's nice. That's that flex? just flexing a little bit. You're like, yeah. I'm just going to get a little, little bit of a nibble here. And you guys can. This is what you do with it, humans. <laughs> you see, I'm eating nom nom nom. It's like when humans do that spoon and eat yeah. thing to people that don't speak their language. This is eat nom nom nom. <laughs> do you want small, big? And I'm just moving my hands up and down. <laughs> That's how you help people order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes it helps. It's like. Small, they're like, oh, yes, we'll do the hand gesture where we hold our hands small and bigger. And then sometimes in the middle of what the two gestures were. (sighs) Language barriers are fun. Mm -hmm. It's also, I will say, that's very satisfying when you get through a language barrier. You're like, yes, we all achieved the ordering process. We did it. Anyway, um, that's not strays or uh, feral cats. So um, (laughs) the difference between stray cats and feral cats, because you toss a cat out on the street who's been a house pet, it's not going to immediately be like, I'm a feral wild cat now. Mm -hmm. Because part of being feral, like the main difference is socialization. So if... A stray cat is a cat that lived indoors and was socialized with people at some point in their life and left or lost their home or was abandoned, no longer in regular contact. Over time, a stray cat can become feral without contact from humans, but stray cats may be social enough to let humans pet them Mm -hmm. or, like, regain um, more indoor cat life. Right. Why feral cats have been completely unsocialized outdoor cats and never had physical contact with humans or ever been safe around humans. You might have uh, trauma 
Yeah, they've had no distrust. Reason to, no reason to trust humans. Yeah. So that's the main difference between strays and feral cats. It's not so much like the cats are a different species of cats. It's just based on the socialization mm-hmm. level. Right. Like anyone. Yeah, it's all practice. Socialization's all practice. I, I I noticeably became more socially anxious um, the further into the pandemic we went mm-hmm. because of how you know sequestered I was for the for the health reasons and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know, I, I, you, did I you become feral? I became feral inside my own house. Yeah. I legitimately hung a hammock from my rafters and slept in. <laughs> I will say I do think people did actually kind of become more feral over the pandemic because sometimes like when we were starting to get people coming out and like to like my store, I've, I never got to sequester much during the pandemic because I was in a customer facing job. All the sizes. <laughs> yeah. But no, they'd be like, brr, brr, brr. I'm like, hello. And they're like, oh, hello. Like oh, human. Yeah. No, seriously. I had people be like, you're the first person I've talked to in a week. And I'm like, you have a phone, right? You can call people. You don't have to. Never mind. It's fine. No, Live your life. No. no. Oh, these weren't millennials. Oh, these were older people. They're like old people. The first person I talked to in thirty-five years. Uh, maybe that makes more sense because I feel like millennials. There's a pandemic going on. <laughs> My son never visits me anymore. And I don't know, the phone keeps ringing, but I think it is the government trying to steal my brain. Oh my God. <laughs> Not the 5G. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have a phone with 5G now. So. I'm so proud of you. I'm There's so no fancy. no 5G network around here. No, it says it has a 5G network, but so whatever. I, 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 there might be. I'm not, I, didn't see I don't know. I don't. It, it, it seems to be about the same so yeah, far. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, you'll, you'll see them. They're going to be like smaller antennas that are attached to buildings and stuff like that. They're not the big antennas that you see like pretending to be a tree or anything. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's cool. I mean, I just, and to be honest, like I just want internet that works. That's all I can <laughs> All I want, I'm fine with whatever. I, I mean, I'm also, I'm sure 5G will get there the more we integrate. This is not tech talk. No, no, this isn't. <laughs> but I will say like, I'm also a pretty patient person so if someone's like it needs to buffer i'm like okay i'll wait a second and yeah. i've had some people were like it's not loading i'm like you gotta wait and they're like what i'm oh, like do you hear a dial no, up <laughs> no idea how many times a day i have to get on the phone and tell someone to wait for it to buffer oh, Jesus. <laughs> anyway so um what do you guys think besides uh as we already talked about invasive species uh and murdering wildlife uh, is another problem with uh, community cats, probably, in an area. Um, they might not be fixed, so overpopulation. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yes, I agree. Yes, overpopulation is the main issue with community cats. One unaltered female cat, on average, can have four, but as large as six, uh, ten kittens a litter, mm-hmm. as young as four months old mm-hmm. and she can be in heat for about every two to three weeks oh my god so cats can continue to have kittens their entire lifetimes also mm-hmm. because they don't actually hit menopause like we do so you can have a very senior mom and you can have a very young mom and the first year That's she horrible. can have on average about now this is on the low side so four kittens mm-hmm. per litter per 
about so she can have 12 <laughs> kittens or so in the first year and that's only being able to ha- like go into heat like eight like for eight months right so, so that's like crazy and so you yes. can see how this can easily balloon out control if you start including if she has any female kittens that are unaltered and mm-hmm. grows in you know, issues. Yes, they are, because that's how they're made. I have an interesting fact. Not relevant, right? a part of it. Right. <laughs> um, the reason why kittens come out to be different colors is because cats can have different, uh, different dads. Yeah, the yeah. eggs can be fertilized by different dads. Yeah. Which is why you get the, the quilt litters. Yes. That's why we have, like, an orange shabby and a black cat who are the same... But that actually, uh, the orange tabby, the orange coloring and the black coloring are part of the same oh, chromosome gene. So, mm-hmm. like, it, it, if it's... Recessive versus... Yeah, uh, so yeah. if you're, like, I forget, there because girl cats get different genes from the parents and boy cats get different genes. So that's why orange tabbies are more common because a girl cat has to get two genes from her mom in order to be an orange tabby while boys just need one or something like that gotcha that's and why all of uh cupcakes kittens were orange yeah. tabbies mm-hmm. every single one. Oh wow yeah. little beige i'm pretty sure her, her cream colored uh, cat <laughs> i'm pretty sure her uh father was also her husband so yeah there you go yeah, that's another yeah inbreeding <laughs> in cats is a big deal too so that's why it's i mean the imp- animals don't know you know you gotta fix them so these things don't happen yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, it's my biggest shame. So before we actually get into um, the uh, feral cat colonies is what we're going to talk about later. But um, so here are two major ways of controlling overpopulation. One of the ways, it's not the fun or good version. It's rounding up and euthanizing animals because mm-hmm. most street cats weren't socialized as kittens so having straight having been strays for so long they distrust humans therefore finding homes for is incredibly hard or time consuming and nearly impossible on the budget that most um, animal shelters and local rescues have so compound and because of the compounded limited space and budget they have to try to give the best chance for the most adoptable animals right. so sadly yeah, I hate that option no, no it's, it's oh. a it's a bad option. Yeah. I did hear another option that a lot of people are doing now, mm-hmm. which is actually catch, fix, and release. Yes. Yeah. Which I like a lot. Because it's like, if, if it's in the wild, it's in the wild. I mean, you know, for America, I mean, you're pretty much, the cats are integrated into the wildlife. They've done their damage. They've gone, they've made creatures extinct. That have, yes. <laughs> that I'll have the extinct. number for that. It's actually hard. It's like. But and I mean, they still in certain areas are still an actual threat to critically endangered animals now, which is okay. a problem. But um, it's a hard it, like that is a very what I just described is a very harsh and pragmatic view of a situation. Right. Yeah. And it's the reality we live in. Mm-hmm. But like you were saying, they're actually called trap, neuter and release programs. T and R is how they're referred mm-hmm. to a lot. Mm-hmm. And that is the more humanitarian way. It seems like they're doing that a lot for like the urban feral cats. Yeah, urban yeah. feral cats. I mean, they're already there. They're already going to live outside. Just what are they going to do? So kill pigeons and rats? I will yeah. say you There's can... a lot of those. So just you know, <laughs> just fix them so they can't keep reproducing. Yeah. Back. That that is the main thing, and uh, like my mom's even done this because they live kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and they had a couple of community cats. I think she feeds them a little bit, but they would trap 
if they could catch them, they would catch them. Mm-hmm. Um, they even, I think, collected a group of kittens and got them like into a shelter because kittens will go up like right. they're they're yeah. not in danger. Yeah. But um, and I think they also a friend of theirs took a stray that they had found, too. But they caught got it neutered and then released it back into the area it lived and that's the idea is you want to release it back into the territory it's familiar with yeah, or it's houses yeah you can't yeah. just like pick it up anywhere yeah you can't just be like well you're in the streets of new york now i'm from maine <laughs> from maine it's like they, they took my kidney they took my kidney and left me in texas <laughs> yeah. like, you're not kind of situation you know but also in order to do that you kind of either so you can't do this everywhere like you should what's going on over there sorry a cat's doing something in the laundry room that's not laundry so that's not helpful uh but so it requires also like to create a feral cat community you need a caretaker of that community and i'm gonna go over rules and things like that um basically the thing is going into like let's say you live in an area have a large field and you notice oh there's like six cats out here that Mm -hmm. are like my friends and they they're not like friendly enough but i feed them and they stay in the area and they bring me mice or whatever i'm gonna start trapping them neutering them um a sign of a neutered cat is they'll clip the um edge of someone's ear right right i've seen that yeah yeah that is a sign they also will sometimes tattoo the belly that's way if they're caught and brought to the vet. And the reason they clip the ears is so that you can easily tell that they've been fixed, so you don't try to trap them. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to go through all that. Yeah, for a fixed yeah. cat that's already you can't been fixed. see the tattoo on the belly yeah. from far away. Ugh, just really big, sweet cringe. The whole ear clipping thing, yeah. whether it's for a good reason or not, it just really wigs me out because I just might... <laughs> my empathy makes my right ear the tip of my right ear start hurting every Aww. time i think about it <laughs> like oh. well they're unconscious they're not doing this when they're awake oh, they're it's singing. yeah it's during the part where they're actually under and getting i mean at least it's not for just a purely aesthetic reason like we right, don't right. agree it's with docking of tails and ears it's for the yeah. So the animal won't get trapped when they're just trying to make sure that this is yeah. so you can just live his life animal. without being bothered. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, oh, this one's, this one's already fixed. Focus on the other cats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it's also to help keep track of them because if you do work in a cat community or a feral cat colony, you do part of. We'll go into it, but you do have to actually like document, like try to. Fuzzy is over on the lawn again, seems mm. to be doing well, and blah, blah, blah. Um, Mary look pudgy. I think we she might have kittens. I need to tr- try to trap her this time around. Mm. But uh, basically, whenever you take on the project of being a caretaker for a feral cat colony, you have to... These cats now depend on you to a degree. Like, while they can't hunt for your, yourself, you are acting as a food provider. Right. And they will adjust to that, because cats mm-hmm. adjust and acclimate. Um, so... You, if you go on vacation, you have to leave someone in charge to help. That's why it tends to be like a group effort with rescues or like um, foster groups tend to work with these types of colonies. That way they can also, because the idea is also if, they, if you do get a pregnant cat, you'll get kittens. You can get the kittens socialized and into homes. Mm-hmm. That way you help prevent 
add more cats into the cat in the inside only cats and less cats into the wild. Yeah, feral kittens are easy to socialize and become not feral. Right. And obviously the adult cats, if they're still young, it's still possible. Right. Sometimes even if they're like full on adult, yeah. it really depends on the temperament of the animal. It is sometimes possible to socialize them, but it's much more difficult and might not be worth it. Yeah. You might just need to leave them as feral because that's how they are. And some cats uh, develop the tag of semi-feral, where yeah. they have, where they're okay with like inside, outside. Like uh, I don't think boy is like. He's not at all feral. He's, he's not at all feral. Outside. He's outside. Yeah, but he, he stays inside most of the time now. Anyway. And he's super affectionate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he loves, loves people. Yeah. I mean, unless I would... you're out, unless he's outside and you're a stranger, he he doesn't. But if you're in the house with him and you're a stranger, he's fine with you. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, I mean it's I like he like knows the difference. Semi-feral would be actually if they're really slow to warm up to people and are only like sort of affectionate towards certain people who have put in a lot of work, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think you can call anything that's anything like boy. No, no, no. no. Uh, just boy is our current only house example of an inside-outside yeah. cat. Yeah. But... Yeah, but those aren't the same as feral cats. No. So, okay, so you started... Boy's pretty domestic. You started... He begs for his drugs every day. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, go you, ahead. You, well, you've addicted him with pharmaceuticals. I regret it. I regret it. Oh, no. I, I mean, mean, it's I think probably fine. It's probably... A boy seems fine to be. Is he using them recreationally? <laughs> you come home and they're crushed. He has a... You're like, he's saying he begs for his drugs. <laughs> he begs for his... He just knows it's He time. just comes over and starts slapping his arm. Yeah. <laughs> I did also used to make that joke about trouble. He'd be like, hey, fluid. Fluid, come on. Needle. Chip, chop, chip. Needle on my side, not my arm. I mean, I'm assuming <laughs> not the case with the fluids, but all the other medicine is usually given in a pill pocket. So yeah. It's a treat, so. yeah. 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 Boy knows. He yeah. loves it. Yeah. So you got your idealistic, lovely, courted out area with all the cat amenities for a wild feral cat to have. And now you have to take care of them. So feeding tips. When you have like feeding times normally that you come out and put out food it is discouraged to do it during night because that encourages nocturnal animals uh, you get a lot of uh, Raccoon. possums Raccoon. and raccoons who come out trash cats trash cats uh, sometimes i think coyotes yeah who come out you'll attract coyotes to your house um yes yeah, i've had to fend off uh food from possums before mm-hmm. and uh they're pretty relaxed but also uh disagreeable mm-hmm. in general big fan big yeah. fan of the possum so um the thing is you want to do a feeding schedule so you don't want to leave food out all day or overnight you kind of want to leave it for about 30 minutes and then take it up roughly because that's about Cats normally only need about 15 minutes to eat, so that'll give them time to acclimate, everyone to eat. Obviously, if someone's still eating, you're not just going to go, it's like, 30 minutes are up, rip up the food. But um, have gotten in the lunch line earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but this helps prevent attracting unwanted wildlife and um, pests and rodents and things like that, because ideally, also, you are in some form, if you get to trap and neuter, they also give them shot updates when they do this. So you're trying to protect them from diseases as much as possible, too. Um, You need to be providing fresh water. Um, In the summertime, you have to 
provide more fresh water, make sure they have a source of water. That way they don't dehydrate. And in the winter, if you're in a colder area, find some ways like there are heated bowls and other methods to keep water from freezing over so they have access. Mm -hmm. Um, Choose one place to feed. Keep that area clean and also keep an easy way to clean their dishes. So disposable plates are good or bowls, especially if you're living in an area where you can't like keep a designated, like I've seen this on, I think there's an Instagram, it's called Feeding Street Cats. And it's literally just a person who goes around and feeds street cats and paper plates and things like that. So those are a good way because you want to deter the buildup of insects. And one thing you can do is you can build a little moat around food bowls and water bowls about an inch. And that helps keep ants from coming in. Oh, smart. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Very clever. Yes. Clever girl. (laughs) So now that here's some comments. I like this section is called common sense steps. Mm -hmm. So uh, trap and neuter return. Uh, Trap, neuter, and return or release all cats in the community, including any new cats. So this is pretty duh. If you mm. want to keep your, your colony maintained and taken care of, you need to actively track, ne- trap, neuter, and release everyone. If you get a new friend coming in, you got to get that little buddy in the net. And you need to make sure that they're fixed or it's going to be a problem. Right. Yes. And um, also, if you're doing this in a neighborhood, you might want to talk to your neighbors about this so they don't start getting mad. Because um, with the neutering, it helps reduce a lot of the noise complaints and the things that people don't like about um, animals. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, but have, yelling. Yelling mm-hmm. and. Yeah. But you do kind of have to, if you live in a neighborhood and community, everyone kind of has to be on board because you do have to respect people's space. Yeah. And their time, too. Um, They're not your cats. They're the community cats. Yes. And who knows? That's to be on the same page. You might even find cat lovers who can help you with this endeavor because it's like you've just taken on a full-time care duty of cats that will probably repay you in very little affection or care. (laughs) They'll look at you during food time. Yeah, they'll be like... They'll look at you really literally and be Tap like... Tap their, their wrists. You know, like, oh, you're <laughs> running late. <laughs> Tap the inside of their elbow. Like, where's my trucks? Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and if you're having trouble with a neighbor, explaining the benefits of, hey, you know how you don't like those sounds and you don't like that these cats climb everywhere? Well, if I neuter them, you won't have a bunch of extra kittens everywhere. You yeah. won't have... It'll probably reduce the fighting and yelling also. Exactly. If they're, yeah. if they're fixed, yeah. Yeah. Um, another common sense... Keep your area clean where you're housing the cats because it foul odors don't smell well. You don't want cats like messing up other people's house. Like try to have you can even have litter litter box areas where you build like a sandbox type area that you can keep clean. That way, if let's say it's in a field or like a back community space, people who are walking through don't just step on cat shit because right. that's not the most pleasant thing to find. And also another very important thing, especially going into the winter season, is providing safe shelters. Especially in winter cold, they need dry, warm places to stay safe when temperatures start dropping. Right. 
And those include, um, you can make them in, like, there's a lot of homemade things that are, like, take an old styrofoam, oh, what are those called, like, coolers? Mm -hmm. Yeah, or, or not styrofoam cooler, yeah. Yeah, or not styrofoam killer. Like it lasts a lot longer. Yes, but if you're like need to throw anything something, that insulates, yes, and can retain heat. Yes, and you can find those online. There's a lot of do-it-yourself projects. Mm -hmm. It's important to have one decently large opening, but you can not make them too wide as well. Uh, plastic storage, storage plastic storage containers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can do that too. Uh, but you do want to make like one hole. That way they have a way out and there's not too much air coming in because the idea is to make it insulated. Um, and you want to use, oh, let me double check. I've seen some that encourage two holes though because sometimes if there's not an escaper out, they won't feel safe going in. I do research. I am actually Googling right now because I realize I don't have the link to the winter cat. Shelter. If you have some way of like heating inside the container, as opposed to just trying to retain heat, I think it would be best to do uh, two different holes, because I think the the cats would prefer that. They'll feel more secure going in somewhere if there's not just one way in, one way out. Yes, and there's yeah, there there do seem to be um, multiple cat holes. Um, the one thing is to try to. Um, reduce the amount of um, wind to yeah. keep it insulated. Um, you can also do that by how you position it when you put it out. Yes, that was something they talked about. And you can even put a little flap over the doors mm -hmm. to help prevent um, air from coming out. Yeah. There was something about using only, I don't think it is hay, it's straw, if I remember correctly. Because uh, I think hay traps moisture. Can you use Do you hay? Know there's a difference between hay and straw? Um, I've seen a lot of people use um, Timothy hay just because you can buy it from the grocery or from yeah from the grocery store from wherever. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also used as like rabbit and chinchilla. So okay, yeah. so this is from a place that I found a lot of information. It's called AlleyCats.com, and they deal with community cats particularly. An outdoor cat house. Filled with straw, not hay, will keep your feline warm and cozy during the winter. The difference between straw and hay may seem mundane, but it actually makes a world of difference. They look similar, but straw makes excellent bedding outdoor shelters. Hay becomes soggy mess. Typically used to feed animals like horses, soaks up it soaks up moisture, making it cold and uncomfortable for cats. It has the potential to get moldy, and in the winter, a wet bed can be even be dangerous and make a cat sick yeah. straw is drive leftover stalks from harvested crops repels moisture it makes it the best for bedding outside loosely packed it's the yellow stuff the hay is the green stuff yes mm -hmm. so you want the yellow stuff from home depot <laughs> um and make sure it's loosely packed because um they would like to it get, lets them the ability to nest it have you ever seen like a cat get cozy under yeah. a blanket or a thing and I they lived with barn cats Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had a barn. We had a... The Haunted Barn? Haunted Barn for the, the ghost of Muffy. Yep. Uh, my grandparents had an indoor-outdoor cat, and they, they had a barn. Yeah. So yep. I guess she sort of... Barns are great. And uh, you... Fill them with hay. Cats love them. Yeah. So you can apparently she get... She does a... not like children. Oh. That's, that's fair. That's if fair. You, if you have a barn filled with hay, you don't have to buy a cat. No. 
They will come to you. They will come. That's true. <laughs> so you do want to leave it like loosely packed so they can make burrows. Um, you want to avoid putting towels or blankets, like because moisture, moisture, yeah, pee, yeah. like they mm-hmm. might get wet on it, yep. and it it just makes it unsanitary. You have to check it more. Um, yeah. And you want to position it like you obviously don't want to put this cat shelter out in the middle of the yard because mm-hmm. that would be bad. Not very comforting. Maybe like against a tree or against like a nice hidden area so they feel protected. It helps also protect them from the wind yeah. and things like that. Yeah. So those are all excellent suggestions. And these can also help. We talked about on the possum episode, but it can help protect possums and other yeah. friendly wildlife from getting frostbitten. Yeah, possums don't have any fur on their tails or their feet. No. Or their ears, really. And they frequently, when you see a really raggedy possum with, like, missing parts of their ears and stuff, it's probably because of frostbite or bites, but probably frostbite. And possums are fuzzy little baby angels that should be protected at all costs. Yes. And... That's important if you live in winter areas or if you even know, like, hey, you have a snowstorm coming and you're maybe if you don't keep one out on a regular basis, maybe that's the time to start putting them out when temperatures drop temporarily to give uh, yeah. your community cats. Like, we have a couple of community cats here, but they all seem to have homes. Yeah. Like, I don't know where I think Orange Tabby is the other animal house down the it's road. It's really just an orange cat. I haven't really seen Tabby marking. I don't know. I just see it from the distance. Okay. You've seen it more than me. Yeah. The bobtail cat. Yeah, the bobtailed tabby. Yeah. No, non tabby. Sorry, it's an orange. Orange cat. cat. Yeah. It. I think. I don't it, know where it belongs. I think it lives it with the other animal for. house. Okay. The one with the couple dogs and the few cats. Yeah. Yeah, I think they have a corgi now. Hmm. I've seen one Precious. at their yard. Yeah. They have like a husky, a border collie, corgi. Already too much hair. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. Charlie is too much hair. They'll howl sometimes. It's very cute. Should have never got Charlie. Oh, my God. Well, time <laughs> to shave him. I, if I could shave him bald, that would be best. And the gray and white cat lives across <laughs> the street from us. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he's definitely, that's his home because, like, like certain vehicles pull up and sometimes he's sitting in our yard and he, like, immediately, like, trots over to be like, oh, my humans are home. Ah, uh, yes, the people. Well, <laughs> feed me. Feed me. Uh. Uh, the authorities are here. <laughs> so we kind of touched on it a bit earlier, but uh, as a community cat colony, you do have to make sure you're keeping community relationships up. You have to listen and address any concerns to your neighbors, determine what the issues are, and do your best to work and resolve them mm-hmm. with your neighbors. Remember, you have to stay calm, constructive, and take this chance to educate people about community cats. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just I'm just thinking of all of the not calm cat conversations people have had to have. I, I'm sure. And if you feel overwhelmed or out of depth, uh, reach out to other cat caregivers, or mm-hmm. I'm sure there's forums and helplines yeah. you can oh find. There's so many groups. I think I also ran a cat guild online in the <laughs> early days of the internet. Were you, uh, like, you were just talking about cats, or? You were just a group of cat lovers. I'm still okay. friends with, like, my co-owner Okay. from when I was, like, 12. I think it was called, like. What website was it on? <sighs> I don't want to 
Tell, tell me the four. Okay, look, I'm. I was a child. Uh huh. I was twelve. Uh huh. It was the nineties. Uh huh. Or early two thousand. Oh, wait, hang on. I want to make a guess. <sighs> Is it Neopets? It was Neopets. Okay, yeah, was I, I was. It was called like Can't Cat Fanciers Fancy Cat Guild or something like nice. that, and it was just it was. Like, it's pretty popular. It sounds like it would have been fun as a kid. The only reason why I didn't maintain it and my friend took it over is because I kept on changing my username because I was having an identity crisis when I was that age. Yay! It's not like you're trying to figure out who you are or something at that age. No, it's not like you're developing on yeah, a very personal a self. level at that, at that point in time. That is actually when I, uh, when my, uh, uh random dabblings landed on kip so i'm very happy about that that was a good that was a good choice yeah. well it wasn't a choice someone actually gave it to me and oh. I was like, oh thank god oh, i don't have to think fit. anymore it was a good fit then. i'm sorry <laughs> yes um and then it stuck forever that yeah. is hilarious now, i was calling myself glenn no you're not a glenn not a glenn no, no. i know a lot of glens i'm not them no no um, so another, um, thing, let's say a neighbor's complaining about, oh, this cat's fucking up my garden or like knocking over all my <laughs> son of a bitch ripping my shit apart. <laughs> there are, uh, very humane deterrents you can use for like helping protect areas where the cats aren't supposed to be. There's certain mm -hmm. fencing you can put in. There's also like water mist, like automated water misters or like air blowing things that mm -hmm. will make like a sound or a poof of air or a little spurt of water. And the cat's like, oh, I don't want to go over there. I don't like any bit of that. That, that thing like just angry. hissed at me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so those are very good situations. Also, if you are like starting up a new colony and you have captured a bunch of cats. Mm -hmm. I was about to say starting up a new colony. Like you like, have no, located. I'm going to raise you, feral cats. You have located a yard that feral cats have adopted and you happen to move into the house next door. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, look at all these feral cats. They're just yowling and getting it on all day. What am I going to do about it? <laughs> so oh you God. go and you catch them and then you're like, I have six cats that need to be neutered. What shall I do? There are actually high quality, high volume spray and neuter clinics you can search online for guides in your local areas to help support you because it is not inexpensive to get cats fixed sometimes so yeah. like looking for inexpensive options and getting that sorted because sometimes you have to schedule ahead of time and you're like well i need to catch this cat yeah in order to meet our schedule date so that's why you should work with like some of those clinics that actually do advocate and work with programs like uh, yeah Trap, like some, neuter, release. Yeah, there's like some traveling clinics, mm -hmm. vet clinics that'll pop up and do a thing for super cheapy. Yeah. I had a friend who worked at one of those, actually. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Uh, another resource. I, I, I'm going to link alleycat.org in the show notes, but um, they have a whole link of like vet, alter like not vet alternatives, but um, veterinary clinics that do help with trap, neuter, and release because these are obviously not animals that you are going to bring in every day or every year so they help support people who are taking care of these feral cat colonies because the goal is to neuter 75 to 90% of the colony mm -hmm. is the ideal realistic goal because cats are transient and they're, you can't necessarily catch them if they don't want to be caught. Right. And you have... It might be too smart. Yeah. 
those damn clever cats. So there are a lot of resources out there for um, people trying to create cat colonies or trying to maintain and protect cat colonies. Because right. the idea is not to create. We interrupt this program to bring you an important message from our sponsors. Well, not sponsors per se, but it is time to pay the vet bills. Pet Parents Pod now has a website, PetParentsPod.com, where you can go and learn about all the different ways to support the podcast. We also have a Patreon now. There's a link to that as well, along with all of our socials, a Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Discord. It's going to be Patreon.com slash PetParentsPod. Anything and everything can help. We would appreciate your support. PetParentsPod.com also lists that we are a BarkBox affiliate, so any special offers that we have, which will be effective during certain date ranges that are listed, are going to be on that page. There's a link to BarkBox under the Ways to Support page on the website. We also want to remind everyone that regardless of whether other special offers are going on, anytime you subscribe to BarkBox using the link BarkBox.com slash PetParentsPod, you can get three extra month of BarkBox for your subscription. If you enjoy our content, spread the word, tell your friends and family that are also animal lovers. Now back to your regularly scheduled episode. No. More cats. <laughs> We're not trying to... <laughs> yeah. Let me get my starter kit for my feral cat colony. You got your Lord, winterization, <laughs> you got your field... You gotta get a crop of spicy kittens. Get some wild kittens. <laughs> and also a lot of, like... But don't I... pet them, even though they're so cute. Yeah, you can't you can't pet them for months and then you release them. Don't, don't pet don't them do and rub your eye. No, uh, ideally <laughs> yes, so if mm-hmm. ideally if you do Captain's have a prick, sorry, I'm <laughs> no, you're sorry. fine, you're fine. Uh, no, but ideally if you do have like a litter of kittens, the idea is to get them socialized and out yeah. of the ecosystem. Obviously, we don't want you to make kittens like, no. continue to be feral. Yeah, that's not good. Just have them be socialized and try to get them homes. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, fix them before you give them away, preferably. Trap and neuter programs are some of the most humane, and it's a much harder effort than the euthanize all unwanted cats method. Much but better it's is much better, and these are wild animals who li- are perfectly fine living on their own. They don't need a ton of support by humans, so they should be allowed to live out their lives mm-hmm. as best they can. Yeah, just because they don't no. live indoors doesn't mean they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be killed. Like no, yeah, no, it's not necessary. Yeah, uh, at least in Amer- in most parts of America, it's not necessary at this yeah. point. I think this also is something you say a lot, Kip. It's something you said your mom taught you that just because there's a cat outside doesn't mean you need to catch it and make it like your baby boo yeah. wearing the baby bonnet yeah. pushed in a stroller. A lot of times, that cat actually already has a home. And sometimes he's just chilling. Sometimes he's just vibing with the day. And then suddenly you grab him and then you take him away from everything he already had, thinking you're helping him. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, so you our, just abducted him. Yeah, my, my family's rule of thumb is just leave the cat alone. Yeah. Which I then, uh, as an adult, added an addendum of uh, leave the dog alone also. Leave the dog alone. Oh, right, that dog that <laughs> the kept Tico running. fiasco. Oh, Tico. <laughs> yeah, which I actually found out later that Tico is a, uh, it can arguably be a derogatory term for uh, Costa Rican, or if you are Costa Rican and you call yourself Tico, then that's, like, cool. Okay. Yeah. 
but these, I don't think these people were from Costa Rica, but they named their dog Tico, and um, Matt was kind of like, I don't know about that. <laughs> that doesn't seem kosher to me. Is it kind of like the word Yankee, how it used to be like a slur to anyone from the Americans, and then the yeah. Americans are like, no, we are proud, and we're Yankees all the way. I am a Yankee. I didn't even know I was supposed to be offended when someone called me a Yankee. Although sometimes when my Southern friends call me a Yankee, I do, I am kind of like, eh, eh, eh. I feel like I'm about to hear banjo music. <laughs> Watch out for the banjo music. <laughs> you just start Maybe looking around. Down. Oh my gosh. I'm living here for over 20 years. Anyway, which that makes me a damn Yankee, apparently. Because I came from the North and stayed in the South. You fool. That's Why weren't you just born and trapped here like the rest of us? Should have. Should have just been born here. Um, but yeah, I know I've, I've saved a dog. The same dog twice. And then each time it, it just was a pain in the ass, and I felt like I should have just left the dog alone. Yes, you know what? It's I'm not the I'm not the angel. I'm not the angel for whom my Chico. outstretched arms are here for he, the poor abandoned animals. He, I'm not still that. Did keep him from getting yeah. I, he was he was a solid black dog that got out at know, night twice. Yeah, yeah. You, and you got him back to his family. He barfed on me. Yeah. Okay, but I don't want to be barfed on. That's fair. And then I and then I let him loose in the church because I didn't know what to do with him and I didn't know where he belonged the first time. I just put the other. They had put him in the hands of God. <laughs> Literally put him in the arms of an angel. <laughs> Lord, let this dog find his owner. Close they, the door. They put they put like little flyers out and they're like, oh, we lost our dog Tico. Call this number. And I called the number and I said, look to the church. <laughs> and they're like, what's your number? And I. I hung up on them after that. I was like, I'm not talking to you about nothing. You're the one who let your dog out. <laughs> Go to First Presbyterian Church on North Bridge Avenue, North Southwest. Peachtree Street. Yeah. <laughs> Which Peachtree? God damn it, this is a horrible direction. Go to the Presbyterian Church on Peachtree Street. That's literally 5,000 churches. <laughs> Especially here in Georgia. Yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. yeah. They got him back. That's the, the the second time when they posted the flyer that said our dog is missing, please contact us. From that, I was able to figure out which house they were. So the second time we got out, I was able to just drive them to their house and be like, "Here's your dumb, stupid, dumb, dumb, stupid, dumb Tico dog." And then Stop Tico letting was like, Tico. And then I was like, "I am finished." And they're like, "Tico, you dog." <laughs> And like Tico, you dumb dog, and come inside the house, and your like starts walking away. Tico, Tico, <laughs> ah. good lord. So we have discussed the goods, the benefits, the considerations when supporting a feral cat colony. Mm -hmm. But I do think it is important because there are valid issues with maintaining feral cat populations. As we were talking about, cats are actually known as the most destructive invasive species um worldwide actually right even more than zebra clams uh according <laughs> it but that it's a, it's a it's a chicago joke <laughs> so cats have contributed to the extinction of just 63 species of birds mammals and reptiles in the wild and continue to adversely impact a wide variety of other species on the risk of extinction such as the pipping pullover mm -hmm. pullover yeah pipping pullover yeah it's a bird yep um 
they are a big threat to the island of Hawaii. Yes, They're and Galapagos. Galapagos, and also I think Australia is trying to protect a couple of smaller seabirds oh from extinction from cats. So um, in the United States alone, outdoor cats kill approximately 2.4 billion birds every year. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Also, I want to... I um... I double checked the uh, piping pullover, and I actually think it's piping plover. Piping, pl- okay, that yeah, makes it's more a seabird. Yes, yeah, it's a little teeny tiny, adorable little kawaii seabird. Yeah. Um, but um, cats are indiscriminate predators, and they also in Hawaii they've killed endangered species such as. Oh, I'm not going to be able to pronounce that I Hawaiian think- name. Um, I have an English vowels. I can't do vowels. Uh, let's see. Are you talking about? It's in the orange text. Uh, the um, <laughs> I apologize. We can use the American. The Hawaiians. There's an English name for it. We could just use. Uh, wa'u. That actually sounds it's, correct. Yeah, U A apostrophe U. Wa'u is what I'm going to assume. That... Hawaiian petrol is the yeah English name. Yeah. Uh, the Palila, the Nene, if I'm not mistaken. Uh-huh. Nini, Hawaiian Goose. I've heard of that. I think yeah. it's Nene, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, I believe you. Yes. Um, there's also been... Uh, so that's just birds, but they also, like... They killed the passenger pigeon. Actually, that was us. We killed the passenger pigeon. Oh, we did kill the passenger pigeon. We We're killed horrible. it good, too. <laughs> There are so many passenger pigeons in the Field Museum. They're, they're, they, the Field Museum is lousy with passenger pigeon specimens. <laughs> also, passenger pigeon, very beautiful rainbow pigeon. Yeah. Yep. Iridescent rainbow wings. And then gray. Apparently really delicious and stupid and easy to hunt. Oh, that's nice. The uh, colonials used to just shoot into the sky... When the uh, passenger pigeon migration happened every year. And there were so many passenger pigeons that it darkened the sun as they passed over. So you could just literally just shoot your shotgun willy-nilly into the sky and get like five or six birds for dinner. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So cats are apex predators, as we mentioned. Mm -hmm. And they are a dangerous um, predator to to birds. Yep, predator to cat, two birds. Yep. So, if you... the birds don't move, <laughs> the I'm birds sorry, can't fly fast predator. enough. Yeah, it just it makes it hard because people who are protecting these birds are obviously animal lovers, and I'm sure most of them, while they might be frustrated at feral or um, free range wild cats or strays. Yeah. I'm sure it's also very hard to be like throwing rocks at a at a cat because it's trying to kill like I nesting grounds. Go shoo shoo I mean, cat as it's sitting over a murdered nest of baby birds of an endangered like, species. Sorry. The cat looks at you and goes, "I'm sorry, <laughs> but like, did I do that? These, these are mine now. These are mine now. That's like, a own. that's a critically endangered species cat." <laughs> well, look, that's not my problem. They were here. That's a shame. They taste delicious. They're super good. <laughs> <laughs> they're so super good. Like, have you tried these? They're so super good. Like, so you can have thing. one, one of the smaller ones. Yeah. 
I'm just gonna have these. I'm just gonna finish up really quick. And then can you? Bring I'll get me you the... another one. Okay, that's the deal. So can you bring me the bill. Are, I'm ready to go. Are they like are, are feral cats bougie foodies? The valley girls, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I want the rare endangered. Mm, this tastes so good. You could have this common lark. No. I'm tired of those. I've had them so much. I hear these are a delicacy because there's only six left and I ate five of them. <laughs> oh my gosh, that reminds me of the Dave Chappelle episode oh. where he gets a T-Rex egg and then it hatches and he snaps it in the neck and he tries to eat it. What? <laughs> like, really like, I bought the last T-Rex egg and then it hatches and he's like, Gah! Oh my god, yep, that's horrible. It's a miracle and it's gone now. Oh, he ruined it. He ruined it. Killed a baby. He killed a baby little T Rex. Yep. Who has a big head and tiny arms. Yep. And the plan wasn't thought out very well. This really upset me when I was a child and I was watching the Dave Chappelle <laughs> show. I was like, not the last T Rex. I was so I was a science enthusiast, mm-hmm. so I was like so extra offended. Was the Dave Chappelle show safe for a little kid to be watching? I look, I had chronic anxiety and my Just only fine. medicine was Comedy Central. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't think you were the target audience for and that. Also, also so 3 a.m. infomercials. That was Ooh, a big one for me. Yeah, yeah. So the insomnia due to the anxiety. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I had this one summer I was doing the paper route and they switched it from an afternoon to a morning route. So mm. we had to be up at 4 a.m. And I had trouble waking up to my alarms by this. I always had to get called and like run down to the van where mm. I did this. So I ended up in the summer because I could. I just stayed up all night. Yeah. Came in from the get paper the route. laptop commercials in. Watched Slap Chop. Watched a lot of um, Master. Well, not Master Chef. What's the one with the big cooking one? With the big cooking competition, like where you. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It where was, you um, uh, pick a like out four and you have to cook against them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it was the uh, original Food Network gosh, show. I love. They had the actual original Japanese show yes, first, and yes, then it became yes. so popular. They did the American version. Was it Master Chef? I think it was Master Chef. Because I felt like that was a different show. Hang on, my Google Master Chef. Yeah, I think it was. And then, and then that one chef. Not Chief Chef. <laughs> Master Chief. Stop That's it! Chef. I don't care about you, Master Chief. I'm not and a Halo fan. Bobby Flay stood on a cooking board when he won, and then offended all the other uh, chefs. Why did he offend all the other chefs? You put your nasty feet on the cooking board. You're being oh. disrespectful to your tools. And all the uh, Japanese master chefs were like, "That's really messed up, guy." That's pretty gross. And Bobby Flay was uh, sad forever. Well, Master Chef is he was a show. he apologized. He was very regretful of that. It was big controversy. I love Food Network. <laughs> I love early 2000s TV. It's uh, like it was pretty solid. It's solid. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Master Chef or Iron Chef? Iron, Iron Chef. Chef. That's it. Love I was reading it. the summary of Master Chef. I'm like, well, this isn't right. What was it? <laughs> Absolutely incorrect. Iron, Iron Chef. Chef. Yeah, Iron Chef was great. Uh, I think there was a time period where everyone's favorite food uncle hosted, Alton Brown. Oh, oh, brown. He's such a good. And then he went good kind of cookie. crazy when he uh, took over the show. Uh, he did kitchen nightmare. Uh, kitchen hell, not hell. Oh God, there's these stupid things. <laughs> cutthroat kitchen. Yes, cutthroat kitchen. God, these cooking names. I like Alton Brown's uh, science food show. Yeah, I watched that yeah. in chemistry class on holidays. My my uh, Mr. Elegante, but we called him Mr. E, our chemistry teacher. Mr. Elegante. 
also known as Mr. E. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he did chemistry and any holiday we watch, like for Valentine's Day, we watched the chocolate episode. And we mm-hmm. learned about the chemistry of chocolate. Uh, Thanksgiving, we watched a like one of the roasting episodes and like about that kind of stuff. It was, it was interesting. I, I liked like normally on those movie days, you would watch like the same cartoon or family friendly film like in every class. And he's like, I'm going to show you good eats guys. And I'm like, Oh, this is cool. I like this guy. Good, good eats. That's right. That's yeah. That show good eats. I was also trying to remember the name of my, uh, the, one of the Japanese chefs that came over to the American mm-hmm. Masimoto. Wait, yeah, ma- Masihara, oh yeah. No, hold on. I thought it was Masimoto. Masahara Masaharu Morimoto. That was Morimo, yeah. Morimoto was a badass. Yeah, I love. I, I I liked also. I think it was either Spike or one of those TV shows put on the original Iron Chef, and that mm-hmm. was fun to watch. Yeah, I love the original one. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Oh, gee. Anyway, feral cats. Feral. Uh, feral. So feral, <laughs> feral cats, cats love Iron Chef. Yeah, you should see them. <laughs> they them. do uh, rare <laughs> extinction. Whatever meat they can get, probably. Mm-hmm. They have mm-hmm. those special extinction episodes where they just see how many animals they can murder. Yep. Yep. It's really horrible. Oh my god. So why would good you? Lord. <laughs> Sorry. Today like, we will be preparing the last passenger <laughs> pigeon. <laughs> no, it's not T Rex. So so while. Feral cat communities and colonies are very great, humane ways to take care of our outdoor feline friends. Mm-hmm. There is still a there is still a reality that I think is important to face that they they there is an issue with murdering animals. Like they've made species extinct. Yeah, and that's, that's not cool. We that should send cats back to where they came from, Egypt. <sighs> Egypt. <laughs> Just like the greyhounds. Send all the Salukis and the greyhounds and the cats back to Egypt. Get, get back on the boat. Get get, on the boat. Go stop going to these from. poor I'm island countries. Sure what I'm saying is absolutely not at all the solution. No. <laughs> no. no. Ideally, we should... It's a very nationalist approach to animals. Ideally, if we can, we should try to home as many animals as we can, reduce yeah. the feral population to the best of our ability or, yeah. and also find ways to protect environments from from your pets yep and the way that we suggest you reduce the feral population is by fixing them yes fix them fix them keep yours inside fix them yes if you can get as many cats inside your house as possible yep they don't belong <laughs> they don't belong in the outside world yep Okay. I'm, I'm not. We're not suggesting that you take a bunch of feral cats and trap them. <laughs> trap them inside your basement. No one will be happy. Nope. And you will be hurt. Oh, so many cat scratch, scratch fever bites. Yep. So there'll probably be cat fights. It'd be bad. Yeah. So Boyd, you know, immediately killed the king of the field mice when he came into the neighborhood just to assert his dominance over yes. all the wildlife. He he wanted to create a power vacuum in the rodent community. Exactly. Yep. Once you once you. Uh, uh, displace the masses, then it's easier to control them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we should have had Boyd on this episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Boyd. Dictator Boyd. He go, Boyd the dictator. He goes, meow. He goes, meow. Yeah. His, his, yeah. his cry is very soft. He's like, meow. He's an old man cry. It's also more gravelly. Yeah. You were doing Dan. Yeah. I was trying to figure out how to do it. I don't imitate Boyd enough. I'm so sorry. Or Boyd. Sorry. Meow. <laughs> That's not what he sounds like. 
Okay. Boy, is that you? Oh, hi, boy. <laughs> what did you get here? What are your thoughts on the outside did cat you drive relations? Oh, <laughs> no, he walked here. Yes, he boy. He got he was carried on a litter by a by a group of field mice <laughs> to the front door. So does anyone else have any thoughts on feral cat communities or thoughts? I'm gonna put um references in the show notes, but there's a lot of good resources out there, and I'm sure if you were looking to help volunteer at a colony, you would be able to find your local colonies to I'm sure that everyone needs help and assistance during yes. this time. Might go put out a couple of uh, cheap huts. Yeah, a couple of thermal huts out for some cats. Yeah, I'll the- probably I'll probably do the ones that are more like uh, built for retaining. Yeah, instead of like electronically. I'm just worried about the. <laughs> No. Oh yeah. Uh, I live in a log cabin. <laughs> you you don't you can do stuff that's insulated. You don't have to do electronics. Like a lot mm-hmm. of insulation, all it needs is just proper insulated material, and then just away from wind. Yeah. Like a, yeah. a box can maintain a lot of heat. Yeah, I, I, I've uh, in the past, uh, my mom and I have looked into building little huts like that for outdoor cats, and mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you can just get some some insulation board and two. Uh, uh, what is it? Those Christmas bins that yeah, they sell. Yeah, the storage you can, bins. Yeah, you can get a couple of those storage bins. Put the thermal board in there. Cut mm-hmm. a door out, mm-hmm. and then put the lid on it. And then it's it usually maintains pretty warm, especially yeah. if you put a flap on that. Yeah. Um, and mom's even done that out in like Minnesota, and it's like helped. And use straw, not hay. Straw, not hay. Don't use hay. Don't use Timothy hay. Don't use the Timothy hay. That is for the rodents. You don't want to create rodents. Uh, Yes. Yes. Rodents love Timothy hay. Heath, any thoughts? Uh, Feral cats are deserving of love just generally from far away. Yes. They're living creatures who uh, deserve respect. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they didn't ask to be born. I didn't ask to be born either. We, we love you, Kip. Are you okay? You have a blanket full of happy Christmas dogs. So hairy. It's clean. It's less hairy than it's, it's ever fur been. That considering, yeah, there's still a good bit of fur. Look, there's fur everywhere. Okay, welcome yeah. to my house. Yep. Um. Yeah. So Heath, where can people find us and are not feral cats? They're so not feral. They're not feral. They're not weak. Feral at all. They're weak, soft infants. Look at that They're weak so baby. There are, so I mean, our roughest thug is Oliver, but he's such a cuddly he's boy. Spoiled. Well, that's because he's a he's a hurricane garbage cat. Yeah, well, hurricane garbage can. I love that. He's garbage a he's a storm cat. So that's the name of my next band. Hurricane I call him Storm Trash Kitty at work, and my coworkers are like, "How's Storm Trash Kitty?" I'm like, "Oh, he's doing well. He's doing great." Yes, yeah. he's doing great. Uh, they can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. Pet Parents Pod. Our link to Discord is in the main profile of all of those aforementioned socials. Um, you can also find us on petparentspod.com or email us petparentspod at gmail.com. And as always, we will continue to get better. Good luck with your hopes and dreams. Bye, meow.